When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to 90 Day Fiancé WTF Podcast, a weekly hangout to talk about what the fuck we all just watch on TLC's 90 Day Fiancé. I'm Nadia and with me are my positive gangsters, Lon and Mariam. <laughs> hey oh. everybody. <laughs> you guys sorry i don't have a witty intro so I, i'm just gonna get into it all right um, my, my witty intro is a segue okay hold on what what is it ladies just a reminder if you're broken up it isn't cheating <laughs> <laughs> okay 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 i see you oh, i see no. you let's start with that, start <laughs> oh, with hell that. No. okay let's get into it let's, let's get, get into, into it, it. Okay. let's get into okay, it so, dude I, I'm with Melissa there. Like, if you broke up, it's fair game, right? I mean, it's fair game. Do we have to feel guilty about a physical relationship. I, this is like TLC just, you know, making a mountain out of a molehill, right? Like, what, what is the deal? Right. Were they really broken up? Because I think that we all can probably speak from experience that, like, when you break up with someone that you're fairly serious with, you're not really broken up. You're, like, kind of on a break right like it's like a gray area it's not very black and white i think for me it just seems like based off of looking at their relationship now they were in that gray area where it's like i'm kind of mad at you right now we're still trying to figure this out we're not together but we're not broken up either and for her to go and do her thing like that like first of all good for you but you know what <laughs> like go bring it up to him and like don't freaking crucify this guy and make him cry over and over and make him feel this tremendous amount of guilt. And again, it just goes to like just being open and honest and building a relationship on a foundation of open and honesty and trust, right? Because all those awkward scenes where Cheese Stick is telling her parents that, you know, I cheated on her, she, she should have also brought up, yeah, and when we were on a break, I had a purely sexual relationship. And then that I would think, be fair. Yeah. I think that would be fair, right? Like, like yeah. who cares that you did it? Like, why are we hearing about it now? A whole season later, I feel betrayed, TLC. Hey, guys, is that what you call? <laughs> um, is that what you call revenge sex? Is that what she had? I think. What is that called? Like, you know, when you find rebound, out your... a re- she, she just had a rebound. Right. right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think she had a rebound, but I see what you mean too, Nadia. Like the way my twin brother said it was like a get out of jail free card. It was like kind of tit for tat. Okay, well you cheated on me. Well, I'm gonna go fuck somebody then. You know what I mean? Like yep. you can't say nothing now because you know, you did it first, you set a precedent. I'm just gonna go and get mine. You know, so I, I kind of took it that way too. And yeah, I think it's fair 
that she tell him if it was in so okay now i have these weird rules right so you're about to get into some lawn rules right now i think if she was gonna sleep with tim within a certain amount of period with sleeping with another guy that she may owe him that a courtesy like oh i've been sexually active but if it's been a long time and you know mind you they were broken up at the time which is my stance on it and then like a long time has passed, I think it's up to her whether she divulges that information or not. My know the thing. timeline? But what's that? <laughs> I said, do we know that that timeline? Like, do I we don't, know? Yeah, I don't know what that is. I don't know how much time. That's great to us. Yeah. yeah. So, so and, and um, one more thing I might add. I do think if he asks, though, yes. If he asks, she, needs she should to be, be honest. honest about it. Yeah, yeah. That she shouldn't lie about it. So that's For my sure. one condition. If he says... Or are you sleeping with other people? Now is the time to own up and say, yes, but, right? But we were broken up. Yes, but I was hurt. You were cheated on me. I thought we were over, you know? But you do owe him now that he's asking if you, again, no double standards here. Truth and honesty. If you expect that from him, the expectation should fall on you then to, to be truthful about what happened. But should she be forced to divulge that information? I think depends on the time, right? So that's my take. So on that. two questions for you guys. My first question is, do you guys think that Tim also had any relationships outside of his relationship with Melissa during this breakup or time off or whatever you want to call it, this gray period? I think he was hella guilty. I would like to think that he probably was just brooding about his mistake. But maybe he did. Maybe he tapped a few asses along the way. I don't know. I think he could have. Yeah, I think the coworker one was an obvious one because they worked together. There were text messages being sent and stuff like that. And I think she caught him, right? Or... He confessed, I believe. Oh, he confessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought she, like, caught a, I thought she read a message or something. No, okay, she was I, already uh, in Colombia by then, so it's... Oh, I'm sorry. Colombia by Columbia. then. Colombia. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I still think there's a possibility. Like, if he did it once, uh, you know, there's, there's always a possibility he could have done it again. Our next well, question. If you guys were in Chief Stick's shoes, and you guys were going to you know, pack up your life in America to go and try to make this relationship work out. Would you want to know that during this time, which we still have to figure out, which I think we might know more in the next episode, your significant other was like sexually active with someone else? Would you want to know that information? And if the answer is yes, would that change your decision to go and relocate yourself in Colombia? I think it depends on the timeline too, right? If they were truly broken up, if let's say me and my significant other were broken up and we were not talking to each other and not in contact ever, then it's kind of fair game. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, we go do our thing and then we come back or something. I don't know. It just feels like, wait, hold on. Do I want to know? I mean, I don't think so. Let's just say, Nadia, in your situation, you found out your SO you guys were broken up. There's some shit happened. And then you guys are going to get back together. Do you want to know that he was like all up on some girl, like just having a purely sexual relationship? How'd that make you feel? I would be curious. And if I find out that he had, I would be salty about it. 
I would be fucking jealous and pissed, and I'd want to yeah. go and find the girl. Being and kill women, her. I think, I think I would want to know, but then like. I might be able to get past it because it's like the rules of engagement, right? Like if we're truly broken up, then it's really none of my business. Mm-hmm. I just feel like, I don't know. It all depends, I guess. It depends on whether I can get over it and whether I think it's worth proceeding with a relationship. I'm, I don't I'm know. What about you, Lon? <clears throat> so kind of piggybacking on my other point, it's time sensitive, right? If it was w- within a month, I'd want to know just for my own knowledge you know were you sexually active if so let's just go get tested you know things like that like i i want to know that but if like like time has passed and stuff and and i didn't know anything about it then don't tell me i'm better off not knowing i'm already insecure as it is so if you were to tell me that i would just be thinking the worst the entire time I'd be like, Wait, man. Lon, did you just say you're insecure? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're just hypothetically saying that because I don't believe you. <laughs> oh, I'm super insecure. Yeah. <laughs> no. I'm very insecure. Yeah. That's the reason I do my hair a certain way and why I dress a certain way. It's to give people the perception of confidence, right? Like, but anyways, that's a different topic. If for me, if a girl was like, you know what? I slept with people while we were broken up, like I'd be devastated. (laughs) I wouldn't want to know that. Yeah. Just like you guys, I would feel some type of way about it. And that's why I don't want to know because I don't want to carry that pain. I don't want to constantly be comparing myself to someone I don't even know, but that would stick with me. That would be like, was he better than I was? Does she still think about this person? Is she constantly comparing um, how I am in bed with the other action she was getting, you know? And now she's like stuck with me. I'm just way too insecure to have that kind of knowledge, to deal with that kind of knowledge. I mean, cheese stick is way insecure also. I think it's going to kill him. Yeah, you know, I think it's gonna kill him. Honestly, <laughs> I think he's gonna be in therapy for at least five years, y'all. Well, didn't she seem standoffish? Like, did she say something like, "Why do you want to know this?" or "Do why do you think I'm gonna tell you?" or something in the preview? Yeah, <laughs> right. Didn't look like she was gonna offer that information willingly. Exactly. <laughs> I know that was honestly kind of like my WTF moment, y'all. Mm. Um, not to too early, you know. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, right. I'm still processing it. I'm surprised we have a lot to talk about them. I, I honestly just want to point out like the one highlight for me about Tim and Melissa is the fact that Tim was finding work in a Spanish-speaking country and while speaking Spanish. And I figured like that was super impressive. And mm-hmm. I've said this before, but I'm still impressed. So yeah, that was my biggest takeaway, actually. It's white Very privilege in Colombia, guys. What? Colom- Colombia? <laughs> yes. All right, moving on to Beanie and Ari. Man, I didn't know cars cost that much, but it makes sense. That was ridiculous. That was crazy, but it does make sense, like the importing and the tariffs and the taxes and stuff. Yeah, that's just like Singapore, like a Honda, what's popular Honda car here? Like in US, it costs about what, 20,000, right? But then in Singapore, it's like $50,000. Crazy. Because of import taxes. But then for, mm-hmm. for Ari to like compare life, you know, 
in Africa and US, that's just, I mean, she's got to chill, man. Not yeah. everything has to be like the US. And I think we talked about this before, like how Americans, when they go overseas, like everything has to meet the American standards. And I'm like, come on, man, you're in Africa, yeah. you know, or you're in Asia. Like, come on, like adjust your expectations. Right. You know, honestly, like that whole scene where she was in the hospital and the doctors were telling her that her baby is breached, is in the wrong position and that she's going to have to go through a C-section and then... Like, she was just so shocked. That really resonated with me. Like, she just wanted her mom, you know, and her mom's, like, not there, and she's going to go through, like, a major surgery, and she's in this foreign land. I felt really bad for her, honestly. My heart was just aching, and I was like, I hope she gets through this, and I just hope that they can, for the sake of the well-being of the baby, just get, get their shit together, you know? I kind of thought that, like, the whole car scene, it was, like, he took her to go buy him a car. I kind of didn't like that. You know what I mean? Because like mm-hmm. it was going to help him with his jobs and stuff. Wait, um, I thought it was because she wants him to get a car or she wants to get a car because, you know, it's easier for her and her baby to go around and she doesn't want him to. Yeah, she wants him to go to work in a car, but it's mostly for her. I don't know. I read that differently for some reason. I oh, thought so it was her idea. So I took it the way I kind of just said, like, it felt like he was like, I need a car to get to my jobs quicker so that I could be home with you. And, you know, they're they're living off of her savings. You know, she also mentioned that they're living off of her savings. And I hope that he's not trying to, like, go through her savings and then have the parents also help. I, I hate those kind of people, honestly. But he doesn't mind if Ari's parents help. Yeah, I didn't really like that. That didn't sit well with me. And he was it, laughing about it. That was weird. <laughs> yeah. giggling yeah. And, and, shit and like... the crew laughed as well. <laughs> yeah. What's up I'm with that? laughing now too. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just laughing because the image of him laughing about it is funny. Not that it's funny that mm-hmm. he's comfortable with living off of other people. But I, Look, I understand why he laughed though. Because it's like to him, dude, I have five jobs. Of course, any help would be appreciated. And that's right. why he laughed, you know? Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. for me that that scene, Miriam, that that was the most memorable scene from them. And also I think one of the most memorable scenes we've seen on the show, because that didn't look scripted at all. If that shit was acting, someone give this bitch an Oscar, man. <laughs> you saw her Damn, reaction dude. in real fucking time, dude. Mm-hmm. Like she fucking had a breakdown. And I rewound it because I was just so surprised. Like I, I looked at her face when she was told the news and you just couldn't fake that. Mm-hmm. And she was hella like every emotion. Baby breaching. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when she was told that, that they had to do this, the operation then and there, like they said today. And then she just started like, freaking out and yeah. like her face did a million different contortions different muscle fibers were spasming out in her eyes and her cheeks and i was like oh my gosh and i took it back i was like holy shit hey guys watch this i told <laughs> i told everyone in my house i was like hey you guys gotta see this this shit is real yo <laughs> i mean honestly <laughs> so something similar happened to me with my older son I went in there for a checkup, you know, thinking, okay, my baby's, you know, going to come like in the next week or so. 
And it was a very similar situation. The doctor said there's not enough fluid and we have to, in my situation, it was induce my labor. It wasn't a C-section, but I was also like in shock. Like, wait, right now, like I actually had a hair appointment that day to go get my hair blow dried. Oh my gosh. But then I was like, okay. And my husband was like, all right, I'll go get your bag. Uh, I'll see you in like 30 minutes. And then, you know, 10 hours later I had a baby and it was such a weird, surreal process. And your hormones are already crazy and you're already feeling all, all sorts of ways. And then that's why I was like so sad for her because I could put myself in her shoes. And I remember what, how I felt that day. I was already in shock because I wasn't expecting that Friday. That's when I was going to have my baby. And then for her mom not to be there, mm. that's really hard. Cause you kind of just need your mom sometimes, you know what I mean? Like in those kind of situations, it's such a special moment in her case. It's such a frightening moment you need your support and she didn't have it. And I just, I felt bad because I know that as amazing, you know, Biniam is, he's not her mom at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. I felt bad for her. Wow. Yeah, so I, I guess I that must be really too. genuine, huh? Totally. It, it, ha- it happens just like that, y'all. Wow. All right. Well, got to give it to Ari. She did freak out, but holy shit, I guess that was real. I must have like, I, I don't know, maybe I zoned out, but it didn't occur to me how real that was. Yeah, I mean, I guess you cannot plan for the baby to be breached, right? That's not right. scripted. So, yeah, well, I cannot wait to see what happens. Um, so, gotta watch the next episode. Do we want to talk about Sumit and, well, yeah, Sumit and Jenny. Uh, Sumit going over to his parents and telling them what's up yeah so i thought the scene with his parents was really powerful this is the scene i think the intensity of it was kind of what i was looking for from them from a very long time none of what they showed us most of the season has been really interesting for me but then to see the conversation with his parents and the conflict in that conversation and him getting loud with them and saying like when does my happiness count why is it always up to you guys's happiness you know why do you care about these other people in society why can't you give a fuck about me i told you guys three times i was going to commit suicide and like yeah. that fucking hit me like a ton of bricks dude me too. i'm like holy crap dude like that just happened you know on camera and then i think they softened up a little bit hearing that but the father at least said i I don't want my son to be unhappy um you know i I want him to be happy or whatever like he i think he said it in so many words but for me that really that really struck a chord in me and i um you know the rest of it was kind of you know he goes to talk to jenny and they're like oh blah 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 and i'm like "Ah." but that that scene with his parents yeah i that one got to me. It's definitely tough. And I think Nadia mentioned it, that it gave me some Bollywood vibes a little Mm. bit, but you know, that's the culture. And, you know, again, I could see both sides of it because the culture my parents grew up in is very similar to the culture Sumit's parents are describing. And they said, you know what? I think Sumit said like, Mm. you know, who gives a shit about society? And the father was like, but we live in this society. Like this is our, this is it. Like we're living in it. And, and I, I felt very conflicted. Like, I, it was really hard for me to say, oh, no, no, the parents are right. Or no, Samit and Jenny deserve, deserve, you know, to, you know, be happy and be in love. 
I could see both sides of it again. And the parents had some pretty legitimate points. And it was personal for me because I have heard many of those conversations in my family, extended family, immediate family. Mm. Your children's happiness is not important. It's what society says and how you portray yourself to society and what are people going to think. And it's just what people are going to think is more important. It's like, you know, you pressure your children to become doctors and engineers because people need to be impressed. But, you know, sometimes those kids are very miserable because that's not their passion. Maybe they want to be an artist or something, right? right? And the whole submit situation, I felt bad, but I also kind of like didn't know Jenny was 61. I think that they gave us that information last night. I was kind of like, whoa, she's kind of old. You know, like I know she was old, she's but old. Yeah. 61 is very old. And so I was kind of judging her again, honestly. So <laughs> I was like all over the place. I, she's more than twice his age. Yeah, I don't know yeah. how I feel about that, you guys. Yeah. I don't know. So two things that I'm noting here is that According to Jenny, Sumit and her have been together for seven years. And during that seven years, I guess Sumit must have got into that arranged marriage. So mm-hmm. I can understand why he's pissed, right? I mean, he probably wants to be with Jenny, but his parents caught them or rather caught this relationship and decided, you know what, we have to stop him from pursuing this relationship with this older woman. Let's arrange for a marriage for him. So I understand that he was probably feeling very depressed and just very crestfallen at the fact that he's marrying someone that he doesn't have any feelings towards. My biggest takeaway from this scene was that, you know, him telling his mom that he tried committing suicide three times and I thought that was really, really sad. And I'm glad that he did not. Mm -hmm. So I hope that Sumit is truly happy right now. The other thing that I wanted to bring up is that I think it's reasonable for his parents to worry about him having a relationship with Jenny just because, and again, this is an expectation of the Asian culture. Asian parents have that expectation of their kids taking care of them when they're old. So they made a really good point, to me at least, that when it comes time for Sumit to take care of them, who is he going to pick, right? Because Jenny will be at the age where she's going to be be really old, right? And Jenny is older than his mom. So, of course, his mom is going to be like, well, you know, is it going to be us or Jenny? Like, Mm -hmm. you got to take care of one of us. And I guess he did give a good reply. He said, well, why can't it be both, right? Why do I have to choose? But I can understand their trepidation. I'm not a parent, but... If I put myself in their shoes, I can see why they would feel that Jenny may not be a good thing for him, given the age, you know, and of course what the society thinks. So yeah, this is another powerful scene, just like the one with Ari and um, the doctor. But yeah, I don't know. I'm not a fan of Jenny. Let's just put it that way, just because I think Jenny is trying to like put a wedge uh, between him and his family. I think we saw in the preview that she's trying to make him choose between her and his family. So I don't know. We have to see what happens. Do we want to move on to Brittany and Yazan? Or just They're done. Brittany? They're done. <laughs> so here's the thing. We already know she doesn't want to change. 
And, you know, regardless of where they're at now in their relationship and what's happening on social media, which I've stopped like keeping tabs on them, but just from this show, right? We already know what he expects out of a wife, the expectations that need to be met if they are to be married. So if you're not going to meet those expectations, then don't marry. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's that simple at this point. If his wife needs to be Muslim and you're over here saying, well, I don't know yet if that's that. No, like it's done. <laughs> like This is so done. And, and they just keep, I don't know why TLC is stringing us along like this. Like to me, it's been done already. It's right. completely done. If that's the expectation that his wife is going to be Muslim and, you know, and that you need to, you, this convert, conversion needs to happen. And she's just like smiling you know, it's almost like a guilty smile. And who was that her mom? I don't know who that was that mm, picked her up. Her mom. Yep. Yeah, her mom was over there super serious face. And she's over here like smiling and talking through her teeth. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> no, like <laughs> you already know that this is wrong. If you're not if you're not even trying to, then why are you doing this? So again, clout chasing, right? Like she's clout chasing this. There's no intention here to really follow through. But it's going to put her on TV and then she's going to get airtime for it. So, yeah. Yeah, I feel the same way, Lon. I feel like she really is disrespecting the whole situation. Yazan, I think, has made it very clear, like, what he needs in order for their relationship to move forward. And if she agrees, she knows what to do. But if she doesn't, she needs to kind of, like, move on and stop stringing him along and stop putting him in a really bad situation with his family and his culture and his society and the, you know, the community he lives in. Cause I, I don't think that's fair for him because she's pretty much just going over there on these fun trips, but then he has to continue to live in that community. And those communities are very much all about what society says, you know, like in our other discussion about Samit and Jenny. So I think that she's super selfish because She's still making up her mind. She doesn't know. She wants to be this free, independent woman. She wants to do whatever she wants to do. She wants to wear whatever she wants to do, but wear whatever she wants to wear. But it's like, why are you going to go after a dude in Jordan from like a very conservative Islamic family culture country? I don't like that situation at all. Mm -hmm. And just to kind of touch on this, I don't know if we already covered it, but when she went to the courthouse with her mom and she came back and said, oh, someone's not doing her, their job and I need to speak to a manager type of attitude. My first thing was that she never filed for divorce. Yep. You know, <laughs> not one time did she say I filed for divorce. She just said that it, she just never got to it. So that's just full of shit. Okay, I don't know if you all know anybody that works in a court system, but their work is meticulous. They're all about stamps and dates and filing and there's systems there. So I don't think that it just happens where someone just files for divorce and then someone just doesn't do it. And then, you know what I mean? It just doesn't happen. So I'm not really a Britney fan right now. Um, I just, <laughs> Brittany. I, yeah. I, I just wish to just pull the bandaid off and just break up with him already. You know? Yeah. The thing that also gets me is she can come home anytime and her life doesn't change. She's over here fucking up his life. And then when she leaves, he's the one that has to deal with the repercussions. Mm -hmm. He's the one that has yeah. to deal with the fallout. Mm 
So while she's over here flying back to America, you know, and she can do whatever she wants to do, drink, shake her ass, whatever, nothing changes for her. Well, you know what, for the rest of his life, these are repercussions he's going to have to deal with, you know, and he has to hear it from his family. He has to deal with his community. Like who knows how much shunning is going to happen or how much disgrace he's bringing onto his family. This isn't temporary for him. Right. And, you know, her life will continue to go on like his won't. Right. And I think we're going to get to see some of that fallout in the following episodes. You know what, guys, I'm over the storyline. Brittany is clearly a clout chaser. Uh, this to me, this whole, you know, relationship is fake. Hmm. The end. <laughs> I think it's Sorry. fake for her, but I think it's real for Yazan, which is the saddest part. Yeah, yeah that damn. Yeah, and that and Yazan's the family, they they're taking it like it's real. Also, I mean, the, Yazan's mom's reaction—that's the real mom's reaction. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's just not fake. I think she's over here just playing with everyone's lives, and and I think that's why I don't like her. She's very disrespectful, especially when it comes to the culture, the religion, everything. She's just selfish. She's all about herself and her braces and her wigs and her eyelashes. So just go sit your ass down, Brittany, and just do this guy a favor and just cut him loose. Yeah, go hook up with Sojo Boy or something. Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's another thing altogether. <laughs> right. All right. So before we move on to our last couple, I just want to say... Holy shit, why the fuck did TLC put Angela on Pillow Talk? Did you guys catch that? I didn't want to watch Not it. Yet. Yeah, I'm trying to okay. avoid her. Yeah, great. That's good because she was hella toxic. And I do not understand why she's being featured on Pillow Talk. She was very, very abusive, you guys. She was oh, just talking man. shit about all the, you know, because Pillow Talk is about, well, yeah, she, I think she was on Pillow Talk, right? Right, I think, it was Pillow yeah. Talk. Yeah. yeah, and she was just, oh my God, just her opinion is just bordering on, I don't know, racist. It's just crazy. Anyway, shall we close with Armando and Kenny? Before I let you guys comment, I have a question. Let's hear it. Would you have done what Kenny did, which is, make the announcement in front of Armando's family, whom you just met, or would you have pulled his mom aside and at least break the news to her first? If I was Kenny? Yeah. If, oh, I was if Kenny, you were in the same situation as Kenny is what I'm saying. If I was in the same... I'm glad you asked because this was my point of contention. If I was Kenny, I would have given Armando the freedom to do it on his time and on his terms. I I kind of felt Armando was pressured. And I, you know, I love Kenny and Armando. I really hope I'm not offending them if they still listen to our podcast. But I just felt Kenny might and and you know what I get it I get I get that Kenny doesn't want to feel like a secret nobody wants to feel like a secret relationship nobody wants to feel like you're hiding me you know I I understand that as well but I also think Armando knows the culture best knows his family best knows what speed and how timing 
and the appropriateness of how these steps should be taken. And I kind of felt maybe Armando did this to make Kenneth happy. And it just didn't, it didn't look good on camera. It didn't play well on camera. I think it hurt a lot of people. Yeah, that's that. That's how I feel about that. The way I would have approached that situation is that I would have pulled the mom aside. I think that it was an extremely emotional encounter between Kenny Armando, the mom, and then his extended family. I mean, just the fact that they didn't see him in a while. Like, you know, those emotions were there. The fact that the girl was going to leave soon, those emotions were there. The fact that their son has brought their partner back that's a whole thing that people are still trying to process and deal with right and then on top of everything is like there's cameras everywhere you know videotaping you right um and i think this is another one of those very real moments i don't feel their situation is scripted it feels very raw it was very painful for me to see because again i could see kind of the pain that kenny felt when they announced the engagement, it's like, what did his family do? They celebrated. They're like popping bottles of champagne. They ran down and gave him hugs on, on the beach. And then what did Armando's family do? It was just like this silence. Like it they're, was the they're still, thing. They were yeah. still processing. And, and I'm not saying it's right or it's not wrong because people are all entitled to their emotions. And we've kind of covered in previous podcasts about the culture and the society and where they're coming from. So I'm not here to say that they're not allowed to feel shocked or anything, but I think that this kind of news needs to be processed. And because of that, giving this information in little chunks and bites, I think would be very helpful, but he just kind of laid it out there. And it was, was a like, lot at one time. Yeah. Yeah. This it is was what a it lot. Is. Yeah. This is, this is what it is. This is what I'm going to do. And it is what it is at this point. So, yeah. I also want to say that, and I seriously hope that Kenny was just strictly acting and just doing what the TLC producers telling him to do. But the fact that he was disappointed at Armando's dad's reaction was a bit much just because, first of all, by the time they arrived, it was late at night. You know, the guy's probably tired. He doesn't want to do all the niceties. He's not ready, right? But for Kenny to say that, oh, he was unfriendly, didn't look at me, he seems kind of hostile. I think he kind of read too much into it in my point of view. I mean, his dad was probably the one person that you kind of need to baby step this whole thing with. And you cannot expect a very conservative Mexican family to just welcome you with open arms, which I think most of them did, right? But I think with his dad being yeah. like probably the most embarrassed by his son's same-sex relationship, I think you should kind of take it slow and kind of, you know, give the guy a break. So that's just my take is that, you know, maybe Kenny, you you can kind of, well, it's already been done. And I hope that by the time we're talking about this, everything is all fine and dandy, right? But at that point of time, I just, well, A, I wish that, Kenny would have told the mom, you know, separately about the announcement. I also wish Kenny wouldn't have pressured Armando to want to like 
come out like that to his extended family or mm-hmm. be really open like that because again this is a really conservative society and it may work in the US but it's Mexico you have to adjust your expectation right you mm-hmm. have to know your audience and i think Kenny was just expecting that they should be able to take it when clearly you can see his mom's sisters were just looking at each other and there was just that awkward silence because they thought that they were just expecting a homecoming from Armando and he, and then boom this bombshell dropped <laughs> right about the yeah. marriage they're like okay of course they it's going to take a while for them to process it um yeah. So I just feel like you got to temper with your expectations there, Kenny. And I, I'm not surprised that his dad didn't take it that well. But in my opinion, I think he did because he did shake his hands. He said hello. He was pretty cordial. You cannot expect him to be all like celebratory, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like your first time, you know, the guy's probably tired, it's at night. So just yeah. thought you could cut him some slack. And maybe it was the editing. Maybe they edited a lot of the parts of what actually transpired. So I want to give Kenny the benefit of the doubt. But the way they played it out on camera, it almost seemed like Kenny was more concerned about the perception of himself. He kept saying things like, oh, you know, they're going to blame me or it's easy to find someone to blame. That's going to be me. And, oh, I don't, you know, know if I was well received. And the way it played on camera, you know, with the editing seemed like he was concerned about himself when I think he could have been a little bit more supportive of Armando. Like, how are you feeling? I know this was a difficult night for you, right? What can I do to make you feel better about this, right? And maybe, maybe he was, again, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but just from the scenes that they were showing last night, I just felt he, he could have been a little bit more comforting um, and supportive to Armando. Let's wrap up with our WTF moment. And Miriam, I think we know what yours is, or do you want to repeat what you just said earlier on? Yeah. So my WTF moment for this week was when Melissa said that she had this completely sexual relationship. Uh, I don't know. I'm still in shock because I feel like she's giving she stick all this shit for the same thing. I know it's a little bit different and I know we talked about the timeline. And I hope, you know, we can kind of um, continue this discussion next week after we have more information. But I'm kind of in shock, y'all, about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for me, my WTF moment, and it wasn't even like, what the fuck? But for me, it was just the the awkwardness of it all was when Kenny and Armando arrived to the gathering and everyone was just kind of there. And it was super, super quiet. Nobody was talking about anything at all. And all the conversations died and they were just kind of all looking down to the floor and it was just the most awkward like silence there. And, you know, Kenny tried to fill the the silence by saying, Oh, or, or you know, you guys going to talk about anything and you guys could just, you know, in my head, I was like, it can be about anything, literally anything, just say something. And yeah, nobody knew what to say. I felt super, super uncomfortable. I felt really bad for both Kenny and Armando that they just kind of had to sit there and like, 
feel um, that they were being judged or feel uncomfortable about the way things were going down right from the get, you know, right from the jump. So to me, that was my, that was my scene. Do you think it's because they were uncomfortable that they're being filmed, that they're being asked been to be too. in that scene? Yeah. Could have been that too, because I'm like y'all pointed out, right. And we, which we don't see because we're behind the lens. There were cameras everywhere probably, and they don't want to be filmed maybe they didn't want their reactions being filmed or maybe they're just camera shy or whatever have you like you know it seemed like a really intimate setting a private setting for the family and they just yeah were probably uncomfortable with the cameras filming like that so yeah i also found out that the reason why armando doesn't move to the u.s is because of hannah they're doing mm. that mainly because Hannah doesn't speak English. Mm-hmm. So they figured like maybe it's not time to move to the US. Right. But I digress. We can talk about that next week. My WTF moment is finding out that Sumit tried to commit suicide. Good that one. was really hard to hear. I don't know if that was fake, but it seems like he really meant it. Mm-hmm. And his mom crying was just heartbreaking. That but got yeah. me too. Yeah. That yeah. It really got me. I do have to agree, though, with his dad when he said that the relationship was downright odd. Odd. <laughs> this relationship is downright, downright odd. odd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, WTFers. If you love the podcast, and I think you do if you're listening still, you can show your support by leaving us a five-star review on Apple. It is appreciated and really helps us out. Please consider joining our Patreon family. Every donation helps and gives you access to our discussions on a wide range of topics. This week, we are covering more of Darcy and Stacy, as well as the family Chantel. If you're watching, you'll really want to tune in for that. As always, please engage with us on email, Twitter, and Instagram at 90dayfiancewtf or our Patreon at WTFExtra. We especially would like to hear what your WTF moments are each episode. We might even shout you out. Bye, y'all.